Just a quick one, guys. This is a quick trigger warning. Uh, we are going to get emotional. There's maybe going to be some tears. There's talk of anxiety and feeling overwhelmed. And if you're just not in the space to hear that, uh, that's totally okay. There's also talk a little bit about um, the war in the Ukraine, as well as uh, freedom convoys and freedom rallies. Uh, so if you are somebody who is easily, easily triggered by those things, or you're just not in the space to hear it, please uh, come back next week. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Aging Ungracefully. My name is Afra, and I'm having a whole lot of feelings today, friends. I am just in my feels. I am running around, draking all over the place, and it is, I think that's who does that song. I hope that's who does that song. <laughs> Um, if you know what I'm talking about, yay. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just pretend just pretend you get the reference. Um, but I am in my feels. I woke up this morning crying, uh, like legitimately woke up and I was crying while I awoke and was like, cool, 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 cool. And then I just had like this overwhelming sense of anxiety and dread and everything is changing and everything is going to be different and I am terrified. <laughs> and so I kind of like woke up this morning and was like, I'm going to record the podcast. And I was like, can I record the podcast? Like just all over the place. And, um, and I do have a podcasting schedule that I really wanted to stick to, but I just feel like that would be a disservice to myself and to you guys to stick to a schedule when my heart isn't in it, when I'm like, I'm not going to be able to give the content that I want to give. I'm not going to be able to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, with authenticity of any sort. And I think I've said that in the past. And it's like, I do have a schedule and I do have a way that I like to stick to things and I do have structure and I do have routine in this. But I think today I have to honor where I'm at and, uh, and just be honest with everybody. I live with a like constant state of anxiety. <laughs> um, it's something I've talked about a little bit in the past. Uh, and I've talked about it in our mental health episodes as well, where I kind of expressed that I do have a, a formal diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. So I always kind of live with this like underlying vibration of stress, which I've worked really, really, really hard on over the last three years specifically, but more so in the last two to learn how to like emotionally regulate myself and not get as stressed out about things that I cannot control, but I'm also somebody who likes a sense of control. Even if I know I have zero control over a matter, like I know that there is nothing I can do and shit's going to hit the fan or things are going to explode or life is just going to implode whenever, I still like the perce perceptive like idea of control. I still like the routine more than even, I would say even more than the control. I love routine and routine is really important to me because it is what keeps me mentally and emotionally stable and regulated. And I'm not so like tied to my routine that there can't be variance in routine or there can't be change in routine. I'm just better when I have a routine. And I know that for my mental health and just like everything I've worked on, routine, familiarity, the ability to regulate, like those all come from things that I've learned in the last few years that help me kind of like go from like a hundred to like 
20 <laughs> to a coasting speed rather than full speed ahead, destroy everything around me and then hope for the best. And today I woke up feeling just, I don't even know how to put it into words. I just felt done. I feel like I'm going to lose my job, that everybody I love is going to leave me, that the world is going to fall apart because I mean, I just look around at it every day and it feels like it's falling apart. And, uh, Ooh, emotions. Sorry, guys. Um, and I just have just struggled to regulate throughout this morning. Now, you don't have to be like a super hippie um, to to know that like full moons absolutely do affect people. Like we talk about it all the time in in just out in the healthcare spectrum of the world, where full moons absolutely affect things. Uh, they affect the, well, they affect tides and currents, and we are made up of water. We are an emotional cucumber. Um, and so of course you're going to feel some type of way when there's like a full moon, even if you don't believe that you just have to look at hospital rooms on the full moon to know that like there is, there is a thing, there is something energetically in the world that does that. And, and it's not even, it doesn't even have to be like a super hippie to think that like you just have to look at science. And I know in this day and age, that's a struggle for a lot of people, but, uh, but it is, it is a thing. It is, it is a thing. So I'm just thinking like, oh, it is a full moon tonight ish ish. There's like an eclipse. There's just a lot, a lot going on cosmically and with what, whatever you believe in, if you believe in that stuff or not, just be gentle with yourself because I've had to be gentle with myself all morning. You know, I woke up this morning and I'm like, I'm going to lose my job and everybody's going to leave me and I don't have any, and there's no, there's no reason to believe these things. I should, I should preface this with, this could be anxiety. This could be intuition. This just could be my brain catastrophizing things because now that I am living separately from my long-term partner and I am like kind of on my own, there's just a lot more at stake if I do not have a solid steady income. Like there's just, there's just a lot of things that could be influencing that. And instead I'm like, it's all over and it's all ending. Um, and that kind of like leads me into what I wanted to talk about today, which was just being kind to yourself when things feel like they're melting and exploding and, and falling apart all around you. I've not been quiet about the fact that I have gone through this massive shift in the last two months of my life of being in a solid, supportive, loving, long-term relationship um, in a house with my partner, in a stable job and stable environment, uh, you know, and, and everything was good. And then going into this like very like, I got to do this and this has got to happen and we've got to like sp split and we've got to be separate for a while. And, you know, I've not been quiet about that. And so I feel like being quiet about where I'm at in this like emotional state of myself is is also important. Um, I realize that when I, and I'm sure so many of you could probably relate to this. I realize that when I am in a state of upheaval, that I try to cling on to the things around me that make me feel not so upheaved, whether that be old songs and old memories, whether that be people from my past, whether that be like binging Netflix alone in my room and turning off everything so nobody can ever contact me. Um, I like to recluse. I'm I'm very much like I, I like to pull inward and stay away from people and ground down in myself and just be 
by myself and I avoid things. Like I avoid talking to people. <clears throat> I avoid making plans with people. Um, I avoid hanging out or going out and I just kind of recluse and I give myself that space. And I've always like really struggled with that because I always feel guilty doing it. And so yesterday I was supposed to go out to my dad's um, and my, see my sister and have a fire and be around my family. Um, and I had kind of waffled on it all day long. Like I just so back and forth about it. I was like, okay, well, I have to return my books to the library. I could drive down as soon as I'm done that. I'll get there around this time. Then we can hang out outside. Oh, but then there's a hockey game. And what are they going to want to watch the hockey game? Oh, they're going to want to watch the hockey game. Maybe I'll do this. Like there was just quite literally like this. I'm going to do that. No, I'm going to do. And like all day. And I couldn't figure out why I was having so much resistance to going down when it was like mentally what I wanted. And I kind of like sat with myself last night because I started packing to go down and I realized while I was packing that I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. Like I want to go because I want to see my family and I want to be out there and I want to be grounded in, in the experience out there because like my home and where I'm from brings so much peace for me, but I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to drive. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. I just, I want to be alone. I want to be alone in my nest. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to just be by myself. And I'm sure you can probably hear the emotion in my voice as I say those things. Because sometimes being alone with ourselves is fucking hard. You know, do we talk about that? Do we talk about, you know, everybody's always like self-care, give yourself some self-care, give yourself some self-love. Sometimes biggest form of self-care and self-love is just being by yourself. And nobody ever says like in certain circumstances how that can actually feel really hard. Like don't, now don't get me wrong. Like I am living alone. I love living alone. Um, I love having my own routines and my own space and interacting with people when I do and when I don't want to. But for me, yesterday felt like wanting to be completely alone while simultaneously not being alone. So like wanting to be by myself to cry and process and, and feel, but wanting somebody like in the other room. And it was an interesting feeling of wanting to be around people, but also not wanting to be around anyone. Um, and that that's a really big struggle for me. And I know that I've talked to so many people who listen to the podcast who've said it's a struggle for them too, not just to be alone, but a struggle to sit with oneself or be completely within your own space and your own head. And I used to be really, 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 really bad with spiraling when I would be alone. And so I always kind of kept myself busy with like lots of people and a lot of things to do and like never really resting or relaxing. And then when I was alone, I would like get anxious and freak out and feel overwhelmed and then feel abandoned. And then that just like set off this like entire rolling, <laughs> rolling tumbleweed of emotion. And I would just like spiral out and I would get really like freaked out and I would then become like hyper like aware of that and like a little bit obsessive and a little bit anxious and then just kind of make it worse for myself normally. Um, that was like most of my 20s. 
when I think back on it now, I'm like, that was most of my 20s. Most of my 20s were really struggling with codependency and really struggling with um, now, you know, a lot of symptoms of trauma that I didn't know were symptoms of trauma, like the, the extensively like extreme fear of abandonment um, or being let down by other people or being lied to or, or forgotten about, like that was like for me in my early twenties, that was such a driving force as to why I held on to relationships that weren't meant for me, friendships that weren't meant for me. Um, you know, things, just everything that wasn't meant for me. And it was, it was funny now to like, look back on that right at this moment, because I'm just like, girl, you are giving yourself advice and you're not even hearing it everything that is meant for you will stay with you and everything that is not will fall away. And things that are meant for you, but are not meant for you at the time that you receive them will come back to you regardless of the life that we live. Um, because that's, that's the way that life works. That's the way that we're, we're meant to endure things. Um, but I, I, as I was saying, you know, for me in my early twenties, I would go through these like really intense feelings of, fear and abandonment being alone. And these really intense feelings of like, I'm going to die alone. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me just because, because I'm alone. Like I'm going to, you know, always be alone. And now I'm in my thirties and I've done so much work on learning about my abandonment trauma and like working on it and healing it and trying to, be more able to regulate myself emotionally when I feel that way and not becoming a spirally person, not becoming a, <laughs> uh, a spiraled zucchini about things, you know? Um, and it's not easy. It's not been easy and I'm not healed. Like I'm not magically healed. I think like this morning when I woke up, I, got really emotional and I texted my best friend and I was like, look, like I'm just really freaking sad today. And I just, I know I need to like physically be alone right now, but like, you know, maybe we can chill for a bit later or something. I just need something like I need to like feel cared for today. And that's a hard thing for me to ask. And I don't know about all of you, but you know, how often can you ask somebody like, Hey, I know that you might be busy or this might be going on or whatever, but like, I'm wondering if you can show up for me. Like how, how hard is that? And if you're like sitting there and you're like, fuck, asking people to show up for me is easy. I'm like, I applaud you. <laughs> I applaud you. Share your secrets. You little goblin. Like, that's not nice. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you a goblin. I just think of it like this, like smeagol like creature, like hoarding the secrets of life of like, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to be okay. Um, but, but realistically speaking, you know, it is, it, it can be tough for so many people to ask for help. Um, and I am one of them. And today I just really was like, I know I need some sort of like physical support. Like I am somebody who my love language is, is physical touch. So what I am feeling really, really, really dysregulated and like really emotional and really overwhelmed, I need some like back rubs or just some acknowledgement in like a hug. And I know that's what I need. And so living alone for me has been a huge shift in that because I went from having somebody who was right there who, when I needed support, 
I could look over at it and be like, can, can I have a hug? Can I have like a back rub? Can you? And now I'm living alone and I'm like, I need to give that to myself. And I'm also a 33 year old woman with like squishmallows. I don't know if you know what those, if you know what those are, if you don't know what those are, Google it. But if you do know what those are, they, they are like little pillow creatures that I just, I, I utilize a lot because they really helped me with tactile response. Part of my PTSD is that when I'm in an extreme emotional upheaval and I can't self-regulate that I need like, I need soft things. Um, that tactile response helps me regulate. And so I, um, I have these like squishmallows that like every time I'm super emotional and upset, I'm like, I'm just going to hug you. <laughs> um, but just, you know, learning how to deal with these like waves of emotion and these feelings and everything that comes up and you know the the feelings of being alone and the struggle it is in ourselves to ask for help or to even admit like how we're feeling about these things and knowing that like it's not easy and that you're not alone in <laughs> feeling alone um, it's such a huge lesson and it's a huge lesson that I feel like I've been learning for most of my life. Um, as I had stated before, like I have some abandonment trauma. Um, I didn't ask for it. <laughs> I didn't wake up one day and be like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to pack this in my backpack and take that for later. Um, that's going to super help me in the future. That was never, that was never a thought that I had. It was just, I was in a situationship with somebody and I didn't even know that I had that abandonment trauma until I was in this situationship. And then I could kind of like look back and like recognize like, oh, girl, like, honey, no, you definitely, you definitely had some like extreme fears about being alone and being abandoned by people. And then like after the situationship, during the situationship, actually, like I had such an extreme fear of this person like leaving me that like I would just do this thing where I would like thrust myself at them. And then as soon as they showed me something, I would like pull myself really hard back and I would mentally and emotionally play gymnastics with them. And I don't have many regrets in my life. And I wouldn't even necessarily consider this a regret because it taught me so much, but it just sucks to me now when I look back on it, that that person had to sustain that. And they, they did sustain that for so long that they showed up for me regardless of that feeling for so long and they eventually, I mean, as people do, had to take care of themselves first. And so that wasn't sustainable for them. And eventually like we did part ways, but I look back on it now and I'm just like, that was so much fear of abandonment. That was so much fear of being alone and not being cared for, being, um, being forgotten about or, or being left. And, that was, it was in that situation ship in my early twenties where I kind of realized that like, this is something that I can't sustain for the rest of my life. And so like now sitting here in 33, um, as you guys know, I've only been talking about it for weeks. Um, but you know, sitting here at 33 and looking back at that, I can just say like, I wish I would have had the capacity to be gentler and kinder to myself during that time that I would have had the emotional and mental clarity to know that that was just little me, the internal inner child really struggling with things that she was exposed to, could not comprehend, did not have the emotional capacity to understand, or even, you know, was too young to understand and was not 
it was not explained to her until she was, you know, in a state and in a place where this was like a constant. And so I like think looking back on that now, I can say to like little me and even 20 year old me, like just because you are alone doesn't mean that you are going to be forever alone. And being alone doesn't mean people don't love you and care about you and want you around. Um, and being an alone feeling is, is, is something to be celebrated. I think I learned a huge part in like, yes, therapy about being alone, but I learned a huge part also by like living alone, living alone taught me like how to like emotionally regulate myself and understanding that being physically alone sometimes is just what's best for you. And taking that time for yourself is important. And yesterday I had to be reminded of that. You know, again, having anxiety about seeing my family, having anxiety about leaving the house, having anxiety about doing anything other than what I've been doing and just being so overwhelmed by that. And then recognizing last night I was talking to my friend and my best friend and he'd said, you know, just take care of yourself, you know, just do what you feel like is good for you. If it's giving you anxiety to go to see your family, go, don't go see your family. You love your family. Usually you're so excited to go see them. So if, if you're giving yourself anxiety, listen to that feeling and just chill, relax, sleep, watch a movie, do a face mask, like do something that's not putting you in a place where you feel like this. And I had to like do, I had to consciously make that decision and then I had to consciously do everything to get there. So like I had to consciously like went to the grocery store, went and got a few things for like just to, to munch on and chill with and like face masks and, and stuff. And then like came back home and like made myself a nest with blankets and pillows and cushions and rolled myself up like a little burrito and watched a movie. And like when I started to get tired, like crawled into bed and like just really just nurtured myself and just hugged my squishmallows and was like, this is going to be okay. And then I woke up crying this morning <laughs> and it was just like, now what was that? What was the point of that? Now I just feel like this. Now I feel like, you know, and then I realized it's like, oh, it's because one, I gave something to myself and it doesn't feel like I gave something to myself. So I should acknowledge and love the fact that I gave something to myself. I took the time that I needed for me to be alone, to relax, to not feel like weirdly obligated or feel like I had to do something that I, I mentally and emotionally wasn't able to do for myself. And then also acknowledge that I had to be alone and that that's okay. It's okay to just chill and relax and shut out the world for a minute. In fact, you should do it more often, to be honest with you. And lastly, all of this like tension and anxiety and fear you're feeling about everything going on in the world and, and your job and, and just life, those things are temporary. They're all temporary. I'm probably not going to care about this moment in my life five years from now. I'm probably not going to care that I didn't go down for that fire, you know, five minutes from now, because today is a whole brand new fucking day and I can do whatever the hell I want. And sometimes that's not always true for everybody and everything because you can make one choice that yes, you're going to care at the choice you made because it influenced something else that you'll never get back. 
but it's remembering that you have zero control over what happens because you made a choice. You know, you made a choice and you decided to do that. And because something bad maybe happened, it, it doesn't mean that you made the wrong choice. It just means you made a choice and whatever the outcome of that choice is going to be, is going to be what helps you in the end. And you just have to trust it and you have to trust yourself. Self-trust is huge and it's so hard. And I don't think we talk about it enough that like we are kind of told from from infancy not to really trust ourselves because, you know, you're little and you're playing with a ball and you're kicking the ball around and, and your parent yells at you, don't kick the ball over there. And you don't know why, but they know why because they can see the danger of you kicking your ball into like near a river or into like a bear den. Not that you should be playing around bear dens, but like they can see that. But you as a child can't. And so your perspective is, well, why can't I kick the ball over there? Why is that wrong? And their perspective is, I'm keeping you safe. I'm holding you away from danger. And so reminding ourselves that just because we can't see it in the moment and we don't understand it, that we're still valid in feeling like, okay, why am I doing something wrong? But reminding yourself you're not doing something wrong. You didn't do something wrong. You did something for yourself that was important for you, that was needed for you, that was going to nurture, love, and hold you. And that might not feel good at that exact moment in time, but it'll be so worth it in the long run. And now I'm coming at y'all having cried on and off throughout this episode. (laughs) And I'm just saying, guys, it for so many of us, it's been a rough go the last few months. I have many friends who are Ukrainian, who have family in the Ukraine, who are really struggling with everything there, which is more than fair and valid and very, and honestly, very fucking scary. So, so hold yourselves in, in kindness there and, you know, let's do what we can to support one another there. I have myself been frustrated and annoyed with uh, Freedom Rally people still going at this day and age in, in Alberta. Um, if you're not from Alberta and you don't know what that is, it's it's a movement of sorts, I guess, um, that would like to drop vaccine mandates and passports and all sorts of stuff. And the re- regard reality being like those were those have mostly been dropped in Alberta at this point. But it's really tough because it is a a movement rooted very rooted very deeply in um, in white supremacy and. Uh, and and the far right. And if you are a person who is not white, um, like myself, uh, it is it is something that can make you feel incredibly, incredibly unsafe. Um, and and yesterday on my drive home from my appointments, I, I saw just that. And it it threw me for a loop. Um, I also have to drive through the downtown core to get one to a to one of my primary appointments. And uh, I drive by these these societies. Uh, if you're from Alberta or from Edmonton, you might know them like Boyle Street, Hope Mission. Um, they are meant for the houseless. They are meant for helping people who do not have, not only not have homes, but don't have resources to get food or, um, or care. And they're incredible, incredible organizations. But I, I drive right through there. And um, there's this moment of like just sheer shame and, and having so much privilege in my life to be able to sustain myself in a way that I have and with the people that I have in my life, knowing that I 
hopefully will will not end up in a situation like that, but also looking around and, and realizing and seeing so many First Nations people and just having this feeling of overwhelm because I have cousins on the streets. I have people that I have loved very, very deeply in this life on the streets in Edmonton and that I have not seen in years because they are lost to the system. And, um, and driving through that yesterday gave me this like overwhelming sense of like sadness. And I haven't really been able to shake it because again, you have these people who are saying like, no vaccines, no this, don't do that. I I have this, like, I have my honk honk in my truck and I can afford to drive from Calgary to Edmonton honking and at a slow speed and holding up traffic. And then you have people who are literally starving, who have literally had everything taken from them, who are a product of systems that are set up not to support people in mental health crisis, who are products of residential schools and day schools and the fallout of generational trauma. And you just see this stark contrast in privilege. And uh, I really, really struggled with that yesterday. And today even, you know, even talking about it now, I get emotional and I get frustrated and I get angry. I get angry that we exist in this time and in a space where there's such a stark contrast and people can't look outside of themselves and say, okay, maybe, maybe instead of rabble rousing around, you know, freedoms, I, I, I can do something to support my, my fellow human being in such a way that's actually nurturing and compassionate and caring because I don't see the, the so-called freedom fight and the convoy in Alberta as, as a supportive, loving change and way of, of doing things. I actually see it as quite the opposite. And then I see things like downtown Edmonton and the gentrification that's going on and just the sheer amount of people who are lost in a system that is not set up to support them and we don't rally there. We turn a blind eye. We hold a thousand people plus party in the streets for a hockey game. But two blocks away, we have people literally dying of overdoses and not being able to access food. I just, I, I'm feeling and seeing all of this stuff in the world right now and knowing that it is overwhelming me. And I'm, I know I went off on a bit of a tangent talking about it and I, I never want to like come at you guys, especially on a Monday morning, we think of all these horrible things in the world. I really don't. Um, but I do think it would be a disservice and a discredit to not honor my own feelings about what I saw yesterday. Um, and what I felt and and what I kind of had going on around me. Um, but I also think it would be a disservice to those people and saying that while we're in ourselves and while we're figuring out like, where am I? What am I going through? What am I feeling? Where am I at? Um, everything's falling apart and I don't know how to keep it together. That there is so much in this world that if you might not know in this moment what to do for yourself and what you're going through. I don't like the cliche of it could always get worse because I, I really think that that can be classist. Um, but I, I think that we should also think about the fact that we are so privileged. And so rather than focusing on, you know, it can get worse or all these things are happening to these people or, or, you know, I'm, this or I'm that, or I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that, focusing on the fact that, you know, we are all here on our individual journeys. Things get really fucking hard. We don't have to compare ourselves to others. We can only do what's best. 
showing up with compassion and kindness for ourselves is the first step. And then showing up for with kindness and compassion for those outside of ourselves is the next one. Understanding that people aren't always going to agree with us and we're not always going to have the same views. But there are many people in this world who need our care and our support more than others. So think about where you're putting your your support. Think about where you are giving your energy. Think about where you are showing up for yourself, for people around you, for organizations around you, for anything going on in this world. And honor what feels good and what feels right. And then know that there are so many amazing things that you can do outside of yourself that show how you feel if you are feeling a little bit helpless and a little bit hopeless um because we are never truly helpless and we are never truly hopeless um it's it's how we choose to to focus and where we choose to put our energy that's going to matter the most um and guys <laughs> i'm really trying to get back on like the 30 to 40 minute long episodes here i really am i know the last few have been really long and and a few people have said like i super loved it it was just super long it's longer than my commute or it's longer than this or you know there's editing errors and and it was really hard to listen to at the end um you know i i'm aware um but i just want to say i always appreciate you guys listening no matter what, whether it's half, whether it's for five minutes, whether it's cl clicking in and being like, this ain't for me, this ain't it. Um, or, you know, just sending me love of saying I'm, I'm far behind on episodes. Uh, never any shame on that. Never any pressure to be caught up in a hundred percent in it to win it. Um, I just appreciate anybody who listens. I appreciate anybody who reaches out with their questions or comments or ideas. I appreciate, everyone who's come forward and been like, I want to be on an episode. Um, I just appreciate all of that stuff, guys. And on a day like today where I am, I am a glass case of emotion <laughs> on a day like today where that's what I'm feeling. I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for holding the space. I'm sorry if I, I triggered anything in you. Um, please know that I, I'm so grateful for all of you and that you are not alone and that you are so loved and that you are so valued and that you are so important to not just to me, but to this world. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week or day or whenever you're listening to this, whether this be forward in the future or currently um, the day it comes out. I, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.